previously on Critically Stupid. Well, y'all, there's another one in the books. We went to the morgue, like Romalia Raventree told us to in the note that they gave Gareth at the House of Inspired Hands. And we got there, and we ended up meeting with the morgue people. And then we realized they weren't the morgue people. Uh, well, Gareth, he went up to the front, and I think he's really the one that realized first, um, as he saw a crossbow bolt sticking behind this receptionist's head. So he snuck around her and tried to meet us in the morgue area, and by that time, Mel and I had already split off and, uh, you know, gotten held at dagger point, so that's fun for us. But then Arnold came sleeping in, and... Um, pretended to be one of the merry band of misfits idiots and it turns out the leader of this merry band of misfits was actually captain davil starsong who you know really works mel up every single time that he comes around i get it though man's attractive anywho they talked to a dead guy and then we started to talk to a dead guy and everything went black Welcome, everybody, to Critically Stupid. We're dropping in on that. That was tremendous. Uh, thank you for tuning in to soon-to-be world-famous uh, Critically Stupid podcast, Dungeons & Dragons, Vibes, Fuck, Shit, Tits. You're so good at this. Thank you. You should totally quit. Your- oh, my God. God. You should totally have a podcast. <laughs> Whoa. I can't find a fucking dollar. Okay. Um, your hair looks very nice, Garen. Do you need a the pain, the pain. Alex, who just has a fresh haircut, who is like, there's a compliment coming oh, my really? way, and his his whole soul dropped when you realized it wasn't directed to him. Just... Uh, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, I got a cut today for the show. Welcome Hold everybody on, to take, Critically wait, Stupid. Wait, let me see the let me see the fresh haircut. <laughs> his headphones oh. are off. He's a loser. I hate him. He can't hear me. <laughs> 
Did you hear him? Because he was totally. Yeah, dying. obviously I can hear him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it looks very nice. Thank it looks you. so good. Bestie, I, you're the best looking one of us. Just I, deal I'm with it. For the second best hair after Gary, and of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my voice is fucked. No, you sound so, great. No. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I was yelling. I was at the game. So. Oh, were you really? Did you win? I don't want to talk about it. I just lost okay. the game. Motherfucker. I am a grown ass man. And now I have to keep that bit in the podcast that we're recording together. You piece of shit, <laughs> milk a toast, average ass, bad hair having human being. I didn't even hear what he said, so I, I didn't either. Oh, I said I lost the game. I'm going to f- oh, murder you. Fuck. Oh, man. Just, All right. just rub it in. Now okay. I've lost two games today. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, yeah, we lost in overtime, and I'm really sad about it. <laughs> I okay. still love my team, but I'm sad. Did you get to date that guy, though? All right, let's start playing D&D. The quarterback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to uh, soon-to-be world-famous Dungeons & Dragons Real Play podcast, Critically Stupid. I am your host and Dungeon Master extraordinaire, Alexander James. Uh, my favorite part of last episode was uh, the moment where... Gareth managed to trick the receptionist into looking at the crossbow bolt and then caught her ruse and ducked down and out of the way in, immediately. I was I was blown away by it. It was incredibly impressive. I'm Anthony. I play Arnold. My favorite part of the last episode was probably either pretending to be a corpse or the fact <laughs> that Cerulean forgot that she had a mustache. Oh my God. <laughs> that was- yeah. Craig me I up. did do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Garyan. <clears throat> I play Gareth. Uh, my favorite part of the epi- last episode was probably Mel being all cool and mysterious and then immediately losing all composure when in the same room with David Starsong or Captain Starsong. I got a type. I did Damn love it. that you saw it immediately. Like, like Diana and Mel both play really <laughs> cool, but like there was a distinct flush about about Bestie's face coming because into that scene. Because in my head, like he's Jason he's, he's Momoa with aquamarine eyes. It's true. It's true. Uh, maybe, maybe darker hair, like a little bit. Darker he looks good contrast. enough that I flush at the thought of him. So. Uh, my name is Diana. I play Mel. Uh, my favorite part was, was. I mean, obviously that was my favorite part. Makes oh. sense. Hey, I'm Katie. I play Cerulean. My favorite part of last episode. I had all this time to think. Um, I think it was probably the fact that I just couldn't speak. Nothing made sense coming out of my mouth at all. The whole night. It was great. Felt awesome. Real good for my mental. Yeah. Depression and trauma. Cool. I mean, the episode, narratively, like, the episode sounds fine. I didn't have to delete anything. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, are there any questions before we get into it? Can I have a million dollars? Absolutely, yes. All right. So, uh, last episode, we ended with uh, this pair of hands slamming over Cerulean's wrist, this uh, this rock gnome's eyes fluttering open, except instead of a spectral ghostly green as they were when you first came in and saw this figure that uh, Captain Davil Starsong was talking to, they are a cold blood red. Um, 
the room around you starts to change. Uh, Me or everyone? Everyone. Uh, okay. The floor starts to rumble and shake. The walls start to crack and shear um, as it almost feels like there is an earthquake moving through uh, through the space. And actually, as you turn, you see the walls start to like crumble and split between these vaults as they start to pull apart um, and flashes of red and black and glimpses of like a distant vista start to peel almost into existence between these walls. Uh, Cerulean, you hear this same deep guttural laughter that you heard when this, uh, when this figure first opened his eyes. Um, and it almost like echoes and resonates in your head and, and um, digs almost like it has hooks in your brain. Um, Probably fine. You see... <laughs> This room peeled apart piece by piece as the walls break off and slide backwards, almost as if they're like pieces of shattered Legos on some child set that's being pulled apart. Um, and you look, and before you know it, you are standing on the cracked tooth of a mountain, looking down at plunging valleys and a distant ochre horizon cut with pieces of red lightning flashing from a storm encroaching on the horizon um you're standing in a in a shallow hollow at the top of this mountain it's almost like a like a plateau um and in front of you specifically in front of cerulean about by about 20 feet the face of this mountain crawls upwards in a series of like cracked stones that are fractured and split to almost, almost, if you look at them right, look like faces, hundreds and hundreds of them peeling and shearing off of each other, staring down at you. Um, and sitting at the face of this cliff is a grotesque statue um, that almost looks organic. It You can't quite tell if it's statue or plant because parts of it are in motion and sort of like writhing around each other but the bulk of it is still and encased in stone but the one thing you can make out very clearly uh is the the form of the very rock gnome uh cerulean that you just put your put your hand on to cast this spell uh encased in this sort of like living stone uh prison you see the face sort of like eyes closed looking at you. Wait, eyes closed looking at me? Correct. You're not quite sure in this sort of like tumultuous uh, uh, scene change uh, where the where the form you were touching went. Um, but it, whatever, like the <clears throat> it is very clearly like across from you in this scenario, eyes closed. Pesty, if his eyes are closed, he ain't looking at shit. You said eyes closed looking at her. Oh, and shit. she said well, eyes closed looking at me, and you were like, Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> double down. Like, you literally gave like you gave him an opportunity to correct it, but he doubled down. That's definitely facing Cerulean. Yeah, that's, right, that's, that's yeah. much better. Okay. The statue well, I, is eyes closed facing Cerulean. Well, I was just thinking, like, you know, Cerulean's got mental stuff going on. I didn't know if you were, like, playing we all. I also have mental stuff going <laughs> on. Yeah, well, are there any other noises, like, outside of, like, the thunder, I guess, that the red lightning causes? 
thunder, red lightning, um, the sort of like gently falling sound of stone as pieces of rock sort of fall off this cliff face. Um, Cerulean, you still hear the vestiges of that deep laughter, but you don't see a source. It's, It's just you. Does it hurt? Not yet. Shoot. Okay, I was supposed. Oh, can I try to like, if this is like a hallucination, can I try to like pinch myself or like snap myself out of it? Uh, yeah. Make a strength. Make a strength attack. Strength. Sure, I'll do that. Fuck yeah. You're gonna. Am I? What, what am I adding? Does my strength modifier there? Wait. So are we all seeing this? I thought I'm confused on whether just Cerulean seeing it or Ooh. we're all seeing it. We're all but, seeing uh, it. I'm the only one here. Oh, Gareth rolled an 18. All right, you slap the shit out of yourself. Um, Hell yeah. Like you bite your tongue and you feel your teeth rattle. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. But you are still in this scene. And yes, Bestie, you are all experiencing this. Okay. Rat. Um, um, go ahead, Katie. Cerulean would probably ask, like, where is that laughter coming from? Uh, sorry. <clears throat> She'd probably ask it in her character voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She sure, she sure would. <laughs> okay. Um, she would ask everybody, where is that laughter coming from? What laughter? All I hear is bees. Sorry, I left my copy of Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train playing. Oh, man. Fantasy Ozzy Osbourne. <clears throat> yes. I think Ozzy Osbourne's pretty fantasy. Yeah, I think I'm like, a baseline. Um, I'll give you that. All right, so, so I, assume, uh, I assume everybody tells me that they don't hear it. Yeah, just bees and Ozzy. I hear nothing. Tinnitus. Can I tell if this is really happening or if it's just a like you know? Do I think this is just a huge morgue basement? Like what do I you know like like? I mean, uh, we all just saw Garrett slap the shit out of himself. So right, I have an inkling. I feel like, like you he saw would Garrett tell us hit himself he, so hard his was, hair flew. Yeah, if he was like. You're you're still mad about the hair. Oh. So gonna, no, anyway. so I, I'm just gonna look at him like, so are we dreaming or? Like, yeah, can we do, can we do that's what I mean. Like, like, like he would tell yeah. us. He'd be like, just hit yourself, guys. Can I do some sort of like like perception? Can I perceive if this is reality or if this is a mental thing? Do I? Because I don't know. I perceived it as being fairly real. I'd say, but go give it your best shot. Your but, magic perspective. I yeah, will accept. I will accept perception, investigation, or arcana. Those right, are sort of the three big. I'll do an investigation check too. Yeah, I will. I will let it be known that was my original intent, but you know what? Slapping <laughs> myself silly worked just as just as well. So I'm gonna. What's oh, arcana? Magic. Oh, okay. I, got a, you... I got a nat twenty plus seven. <laughs> Bang! All right. Wow. Um. So really, I feel like it doesn't even matter what I get. Let's I was read. wondering what Arcana was, Bestie. Oh, it's um, sort of like a spell <laughs> history or like a spell insight. Okay. Trying to see through like a spell or kind of thing. Okay. Um, I see bees. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Yeah. I spell bees. Spell bees. Yeah. Uh, Arnold. Investigation of Nat Twenty is 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 very very good. I. We'll tell you a couple of things um, that I'm going to start telling you. Right the bees now. are real. The bees My are real. In this <laughs> heard happily, and this is Channel Four News. Um, uh-huh. The figure 
at the uh, at the at the end of this clearing, at the at the base of this cliff face, you also see it. Um, you recognize it as the as the rock gnome. It is currently in the grips of something parasitic, looking uh, sort of like with your with your elf eyes, I guess. Um, you can see the bits of rock gnome in the sort of like outline of this humanoid shape, and then you can also see pieces of stone that have punctured it and are in the process of writhing through it. Um, but your attention, Arnold, is actually called to the side where you hear the sound of rocks scraping against rocks and you, Arnold, see a figure slowly crawling over the lip of this shallow hollow that you find yourself standing in. Arnold. When you were in your uh, home village, there was an incident with a rival bard that ended with one of you being kicked out of town. What happened and which of you two was kicked out? Uh, he was definitely kicked out of town because that's not, that wasn't how I left my town. Um, okay. But he was definitely kicked out of town. I'm going to say it was a squabble over, uh, one of us was accused of stealing a song because we both had the same experience. I'm going to say that we were arguing over it. And I was trying to be diplomatic and say we both had the same experience. And he was saying that I stole a song. And I was saying, fine, if anything, you stole my song because I did start writing mine first. And yeah, and people okay. tend to appreciate my song over his anyway. Um, but yeah, so you see, you see this creature uh, crawl over the lip of this shallow hollow, um, and every step that it takes, there's a curious, there's a curious whistling sound that comes from it, um, and as it sort of like pulls itself up to standing and shuffles down into this bowl with you. Um, you see that it is a it is a man, his face drawn and haggard with what almost appears to be like decades of not sleeping, um, that has a uh, um, series of pan flutes carved into the skin of his neck. And every time he steps, the, the wind from his lungs rushes up through them. That's disgusting. Cool as hell. And he, uh, he raises a hand and points at you uh, what was his name? Uh, Jeremith. Rad as bad as hell. Uh, <laughs> and he was hear, ready too. You hear uh, the ancient and croaking voice of your old rival, Jeremith, uh, pitch up over these pipes uh, and say, it was mine. Um... Did we hear that? Or just yeah, do any of us see or hear this? Um, no. Cool. I see bees. You see bees. Uh, Bestie. Yes. You hear... Bees? No. <laughs> I think you see it first, actually. Um, one of the walls, the sections of walls of the original morgue, which you are still standing in the center, sort of like exploded out away from you like a grenade. Um... One of the doors to these to these body trolleys pops open, um, and you see a familiar face, uh, Bestie. When you were a kid, you and your father had a disagreement about a dog pup. What happened? Um, he wouldn't let me keep it. 
Where did the dog come from? I just found it. Did you find it in the village or sort of like out while you were ranging? No, what I was, I was, just, I was out ranging and um, I don't know. It was just a little puppy. I mean, did, there was no other puppy. It wasn't part of a pack. I looked, nobody there. So I brought it home, but dad was an asshole. Okay. Um, let me keep it. This figure. I don't know what he did with pup. He just took it away. Okay. God damn. That's devastating. And then uh, we had a delicious stew for dinner. No, 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 I'm no, stop it. I'm cutting that. Wait, no way. No time. For real, for real. My mom had a duck growing up. She named Squattles and she had an evil stepdad. Not kidding. Name's Carl. We hate all Carls. And one day, no, it wasn't Squattles. He was pigeon toed. It was a pigeon toed duck. <clears throat> I forget his name. I don't, it might have been Squattles. Anyways, she came home one day after a fight with Carl and they had duck for dinner after she was done eating. Holy he shit. looked her dead in the face and said, so how was Squattles for dinner? That's true. Like Eric Cartman, South Park. Like, That's got so Tenderman's parents chili. Wow. Daniel likes your chili. Jesus God. All right, Bestie. Um, yeah, this took a really dark turn. <laughs> you see this figure pull himself out of a uh, out of a morgue trolley and stand, and you were looking at the familiar... Um, face of your father holding a dog pup um, and his voice sort of like querulously cracks with age um, as he almost like extends it out to you and says I told you we couldn't afford to keep it Ooh. the dog doesn't move it's a fake dog for the record just cool, 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 cool. not no animals were harmed in the production of this podcast this is an imaginary squaddles. We're not going to talk about squaddles. I'm cutting the hell out of squaddles. Yeah. I'm going to be real. No oh shit. No second of that is making it into this episode. No, squaddles backstory. No, it's going to be all of us like jovial and having fun, and suddenly just squaddles. solemn. That's I'm going to actually <laughs> Quentin Tarantino asking me to cut it into the episode as we go. No, it's just going to be one thing like, oh, yeah, I rolled a twenty, and then, then my evil stepfather. <laughs> um. All right, we're going to round it out. Gareth. Uh, you, uh, similarly to Arnold, hear uh, a set of shallow footsteps on the high side of this wall where you're standing, sort of like Arnold and, and uh, Mel are sort of towards the flatter side of this plateau as it falls into this like really steep valley into this plain. Uh, you're standing on sort of like where that cliff face starts to rise up. So the wall beside you is actually like 10 or so feet above you. Um, and you hear shallow footsteps on the other side of that bowl um, as a hunched over figure starts to carefully pick their way over the rock. Gareth. Yes. <clears throat> you had a traveling companion uh, just a couple just a couple days after you left your village. You guys were pretty, pretty close. Um, this person, for whatever reason, was also on the road and, and the two of you bonded over experience and, and need uh, for aid. Um, however, <clears throat> there was an incident uh, where one of you abandoned the other at a roadside. Who abandoned who and what happened? So he he was an old, old man. Uh, and he, he had a, like this rickety old wagon that he would steal around, like the classic like one wheel in the center that you had to like carry with your old two hands mm -hmm. um, that he would use to like carry all his shit, kind of like a hobo in a shopping cart. Okay. Except it's a um, wizard and a wheelbarrow. 
He was not a wizard, notably. Oh, okay. um, he had been similarly exiled from my village, um, not because he chose not to be a wizard, not because of any of that, but he got kicked out for just like ineptitude. He was just bad at being a wizard. Like he was just okay. shit at it. So he was just kind of like a vagabond who was roaming the countryside. Um, and at some point we got, we were on the side of the road going to one unnamed city to the next, you know. Um, and we saw a, a group of bandits attacking a family on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we rushed over to help. There was a scuffle. Um, so his cart got set on fire. Oh, um, not the wheel And he rushed in to, to, you know, save his cart and the belongings and the family to some extent. And Gareth made the decision of, I don't think this is winnable anymore. And so Gareth left. I did. I I figured it was leading up to that. Once you were trying to say he was old and shit, I'm like, you're trying to justify why you left him. (laughs) I'm not justifying shit. I'm just telling you what happened. I don't think Gareth cares. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Gareth, you hear... You deserve to have this old man pissed Uh, at you. You know what? I, I didn't build up the backstory of how tight I was with this old man. No, you're fine. You're fine. It's, it's good as it is. We'll, okay. we'll, get, we'll get there. Um, so, Gareth, in addition to this sort of like cracking of rock and shallow footsteps, you hear a squeaking wheel uh, as, as a pale face framed by a patchwork white beard uh, and little popcorn tufts of like white shot hair peers up over this bowl, dragging a wheelbarrow. Uh, oh, we got his stuff back. <laughs> It was on fire. And he torturously drags this like heavy iron encumbrance over the edge of this bowl and starts clanging down the the face of this of this rock's uh, uh, surface towards you. Um, And with every step, the wheelbarrow strikes against stone and with every reverberation of iron, uh, his words cut at you a little more because all he does is repeat the phrase, you left me. Truly. <laughs> hey, this is a comedy podcast, y'all. Critically stupid. Yeah, so I, we just above table, we had a conversation about my backstory not being as traumatic, and I don't remember what we ever decided on. Not important. <laughs> you're gonna, no, you're going to be active storytelling, not past storytelling in this one. Okay. I just made that shit up right now. Yeah, all, four, all three of them did, actually. None of that was pre-established. Dope. Yeah, they all did a fucking so tremendous job. Yeah. Okay. I'm very, I'm very proud of all of them, and I'm about to be proud of you, Cerulean. Um, the <laughs> cracking. Wait, why is it? Why was that funny? Because she yell. just like she just squeaked like <laughs> when you accidentally step on your dog. <laughs> you mean squaddles? Oh, squaddles with a duck. Squaddles. <laughs> all right, all right, Cerulean. <clears throat> you hear this like cracking ghostly laughter uh pitch up in tone um and you feel rather than see the figure across the clearing from you's eyes open because they were closed (laughs) yes they were (laughs) continuity baby (laughs) i'm so fucking good at this you guys best game ever (laughs) you should start a podcast (laughs) (laughs) um uh you hear a grinding of stone as 
this rock gnome's lips open. Um, and you hear the same voice that, or this, you hear the voice that matches that like deep laughter speak um, and say almost in like a, like a playful mocking tone, uh, ask your questions five and you may get out of here alive. I want to. I want to establish right now. I'm not going to rhyme this whole fucking time. That was a matter of consequence. Oh, I want rhyming. <laughs> rhyme, <laughs> rhyme, <laughs> rhyme. Okay, so, so nobody else really, hears really, this. Really quick, no, nobody else hears this. You also know, Cerulean, that um, the rules of the Speak with the Dead spell scroll are actually fairly rigid. You get five questions. I mean, he did say that. Yeah, fair enough. And we are, hold on, let me peruse my notes, peruse. Really quick, just, um, I'm going to put us in an order just so that I don't lose it because like everybody's going to have a little piece of story here. Uh, so I'm going to keep the one that I went to. I'm going to go Anthony, Diana, Garion, and then uh, Cerulean as the sort of active storyteller because Cerulean is, is happening in real time. Ooh. I like, the, I like I know, I talking about backstory. It's fun. Do I know if they have to answer as truthfully as possible? You do not. This is the first time you've used a Speak with the Dead scroll, I would assume. Yeah, what if they just lie? <laughs> I was just going to ask who's imbuing the nimble rights with magic. Oh, I need to tell everybody what's going on. <laughs> That'd be helpful. Right. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> so Cerulean... I can still see everybody though, right? Like we can still see each other still, yeah? Yes, you turn and see uh, each of your party members. I, I imagine reacting to their own individual um, trauma. trauma or stimulus. However, Cerulean, you don't see anything except for your party members and the scene of this morgue, which is sort of like shattered in a, in a broken shrapnel formation around you. Okay. Gareth is frozen in shock, by the way, like not moving a muscle, wide-eyed. Okay. Diana and Arnold, or Mel and Arnold, what about you? Um, how far away am I from like the Rock Gnome and Cerulean physically? Um, probably like 15 feet. You were all very okay. close together, okay. so like not, you weren't, you weren't spread by this room, the room spread around you. Gotcha. Um, so like, I hear, so I hear this music and the guy, and I'm just like, so my character in character totally is just like, I'm this is the bad place. He's like, I'm sick of your lies. I, I, you've been lying this whole time. You tried to ruin my reputation. And I just cast zone of truth to the guy. And I'm like, stop it about this song already. <laughs> okay, sick. Like, We're I, gonna... I cast zone of truth around like two, right where I am. And it, so that way, hopefully it covers the area where the rock gnome is. And also what's the area? What's the area? It's, it's uh 15 feet total uh, or it's 60 feet, uh, radius like the radius. So, okay. So yeah. So yeah, zone yeah. of truth is active sort of around yeah. all, all of you. You just all of us. Oh, that means I can't lie either. Ooh. Oh wait, all of us. Wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. um, do, do we get like will saves again? So you can all, everybody, everybody roll a D 20, uh, and add your charisma. Charisma to Eight. it. No, just your charisma right. bonus. Just, just a straight charisma roll. Gareth got a nat 20. Let's go. No. What's the DC on it, Anthony? It's 13. 13. Yeah. Okay. Bessie, what'd you get? 14. All right. So you all uh, save out of this zone of truth. Um, 
let's assume just for the sake of the narrative storytelling that you all see Arnold cast it. So, you know, it's active. So, you know, that something has happened. So like, you know, you don't have to do that weird thing where you have to guess if somebody, if you, you were lying. Um, Cerulean, that laughter gets a little bit louder and you see a pair of long fingered clawed hands reach over this gnome's shoulders and grasp it gently. And you hear another voice, a different voice. Nope. You hear that same voice say. So good at this. So I'm so good fucking good at this, you guys. Uh, say, ah, your little games and your little spells won't save you here in hells. Oh, that was a bit of a stretch. Oh, you fuck you, Bestie. You tried. You tried. Oh my God. I just said I'm going to hell. You tried. I know. There's more than one motherfucker. Is it, is it like just different levels of hell, or is there literally more than one hell? But I'm still the only person. Underworld. Yeah, we're literally in Bill and Ted's bogus journey right now. Like this Cerulean is the only person who hears that voice. Oh, so she's the only one who can make fun of you. I mean, you she, can all make fun. It's like, it's like when we split the party, but you all get a joke in. I've already dogged on his hair on, on accident. I'm not going to keep on twisting the blade, you know? Um, I think your hair is lovely, Bestie. Thank you, Bestie. Beautiful. Um, so Cerulean turns to everybody and says, y'all, we have five questions to ask. And y'all said you couldn't hear this laughter. So I'm just assuming y'all can't hear this guy talking, but creepy fingers. Uh, I think is the one talking because you know rock gnome is literally a rock so um, I say each one of us gets a question and then we collaborate on the last one. Gareth is still motionless he does not respond. So um, I assume everybody's kind of in their own space kind of forgot about that Um, so Cerulean's like y'all y'all and I'm trying to, like, I'm looking at where they're looking, and I don't see anything, right? Cerulean, I don't think they respond to you. I think they uh, turn and are, are faced with their own thing. And I, I don't think they hear your words. I'm just full-on dissociated. Yeah. Okay, so I've got to... Wait, Ma- uh, Diana, what's your character do? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Man, that's the, I'm so sorry. But my, my, my favorite thing about that is I saw the light bulb of when he came up with that joke. I know like on his face. He was like, <laughs> he's so like, sorry. yes, let's make fun of Dave. <laughs> that hit me right in the depression, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> that hit me right in my PTSD. <laughs> God bless America. Help. Um. All right, Cerulean, you gotta you gotta ask this thing a question so we can so we can slide the Okay. So I am going to look at it and say, who is the one who is animating all of these nimble rights with magic? Hmm. Can I change that part of the question? What's the name of the person? No, I like it better the first way. A for effort though. Um Will you make your you... answer rhyme? It make me real happy and I'm real sad. All right, all right. I, but only because I, I do have a sneaking suspicion the Buffalo Bills did lose today. So I will we, make it we rhyme. We did. Just for I wasn't you, lying. 
All right. Well, zone of uh, truth. I wasn't. We did lose. We did lose an OT. It was real sad. Like I still I... love Josh, but he. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Cerulean. Um, you hear this voice say, um, "This one did his work, and this one did his toil." And all the world's a foil for the open lord of water deep. In his dreams, his nightmares will seep. That was pretty good for on the spot. Oh, Thanks, Bessie. All right, Arnold. Um, hype man takes another takes another uh, shuffling step towards you, and as his foot comes down, you hear this exasperated burst of hot air blow through these pan pipes. And as he gets closer, you can see that they've almost been like carved and sewn into what was used to be like a normal neck. Um, like a, like a, like his clavicle? Yeah, so it's coming. Actually, I believe his clavicle is sort of like over here. Gary, can you check We're that for me? Where's a clavicle? Hold on, I'm on it. It's the, it's right. Siri, where is the clavicle? <laughs> Why are you question? I took anatomy, you assholes. No, Bessie is picking up what you're saying. Bessie, there was an episode earlier where Garyan referred to his clavicle as like his shoulder, and we all mocked him mercilessly for it. Oh, Probably because oh. I took anatomy, and I was like, "What the fuck, Gary?" I still um, where it is. Uh, Arnold, it's it's the, this voice sort of like folds over itself and says, "You stole it! You stole it! You stole it!" Uh, and with every like jab of this finger. Um, a little bit of that of that air rushing through these pipes uh, gets sharper and sharper, and you actually start to feel it like crush your ears a little bit. Um, and you're gonna take four points of damage um, as well as the last for stealing songs, Arnold. As the last blast of this song pitches into like a sharp crescendo and like digs at your ears. Okay, let's see. Got it. Doesn't sound like a very good song either. It's digging in your ears. Hey, maybe maybe Ozzy Osbourne can help you out while he's there. He's probably here somewhere. Real talk, Arnold. So I'm hurt. That's what I do. <laughs> so I'm physically, emotionally, I'm just like ah. But uh, so so okay. I'm trying to think. So does this guy seem like a physical being to me? Like you know, it's. He, for all intents and purposes, yeah. uh, this is a this is a physical figure. He's who... a dolphin, Katie. Deal with it. We're just going to move past all intents and purposes. I can't. Oh, all right, go ahead. Move on. Yeah. All right. Um, for all intents and purposes, like this creature appears to be like human. Like every step is is breaking the rock, and like it it and it like it hurt you. Okay. Um, let me think. What can to clarify, Bestie, when he cast Zone of Truth and the and the guy came by and said like the magic won't work here, does that mean Zone of Truth isn't working here? You didn't hear the voice say. Um, no, I know. I'm I'm asking above table. Because oh, above table. Above table. Uh, Arnold's spell is unaltered. Yeah. But is it working? I guess we'll find out together. Well, because he just kept saying, you stole it, you stole it. And like, if it was working. I mean, if well, the thing, right. the thing about Zone of Truth is it's all perspective based, Bestie. Oh, OK. That's fair. If he, if he perceives that he was. Yeah, if he truly, yeah, truly, truly thinks Arnold stole it. Anyway, Arnold, go ahead. Okay. OK, thank you. Um, 
So I, I look at, you know, this, this guy and I look around and I'm just like, look at you. I, you, you're, you're clearly in hell for stealing the song. This is definitely a punishment of the two of us. You, this is the exact reason you were like my 15th worst best friend. Like, I do not appreciate this. I don't, yeah, I was like, these accusations are just unfounded. I don't like this. And this is why you're, you have the smallest tattoo on my back. I've got to know who the number one worst best friend is. Oh, there's plenty of time to dig through that. Okay, Arnold, um, this figure is still shuffling towards you and at this point is about 10 feet away. Do you want to move, attack, or are you okay. are you planning on... I no, just you can, to see if it would respond to me at all. <laughs> but, okay. Um, I don't think so, not to that. Okay, okay, that's fair. Um, <clears throat> since he hurt me, and I've never done this before... And I'm obviously, I have like a huge, yeah, since I have like a, a huge issue with this guy and he's, you know, in hell and he's a demon monster who's coming after me with, you know, uh, accusations I don't appreciate. I'm going to cast Shatter. I'm just going to. Fuck yeah. Cast. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. So that's instantaneous, which is awesome. So it's each, yeah, each creature in that area. Yeah. But um, a creature takes three D8 thunder damage on a failed save. So you have to get a constitution 13. Yeah. So you're 13. What's the area of effectiveness? Let me see. 10 foot radius sphere centered on a point that I say. So I can point to it. Oh, yeah, I remember. You're, okay. Everybody yeah, else yeah. is unaffected. <laughs> I rolled a big fat six. So uh, roll up that, that damage. Uh, awesome. Yeah, 13 total. 13 total. Okay. Um, you sort of like close your eyes and extend your hands and and uh what do you say arnold when you're when you're decrying this sort of uh, uh accusation um okay what's my shatter my shatter battle cry well what's not necessarily thing? shatter but like what, okay. would you, what would you shout at oh for, for person, him for this like, for um, jeremith god freaking jeremith it's breaking my heart um jeremith. <laughs> jeremith. um hang on so like i guess to jeremith <laughs> I, do, I mean, we have a we have a, we have a long history together. Basically, I would probably shout, "This is why you couldn't go to my birthday." Oh, I gotta and, know about this birthday. Okay, so you say this is why you couldn't come to my birthday, and you extend your hands, and the the valley or the this this plateau floor beneath you cracks in a series of like discordant shattering rings, um, and you actually see some of the stone like break and fly into this person sort of like around their legs and chest sort of puncturing them and you hear this like popping sound of pan flutes as this rock shatters the 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 pipes like in his neck but when the dust settles and the rock stone or the rock shards clear you see this figure continue to shuffle towards you pretty badly injured but you see that these pipes actually dig deeper into its chest and like extend from its lungs. Tight. Bestie, swinging over to you. Your father uh, steps towards you again, um, still holding this this wolf pup, and says, "I told you we couldn't afford it, and you disobeyed me. This is why you will never make hunter of the first mark." real deep just now um i think that (laughs) 
I think that in like in this situation, um, Mel would would actually be kind of um, kind of off her game. Um, yeah, you know, sure. hasn't seen Dad in a hot minute because I mean, because usually like she's on it, right? Like she'll just murder some people, whatever, you know. Right, right, right. But but in this case, um, I I think she'd be really. Um, I can't think of the word I want. Just my brain doesn't work. Um, this uh, just, just just yeah, sure. The, the, neither of those were what I was trying to get at. But it's I appreciate the effort. It'll come to me eventually. Probably not. Um, so um, I I think that um. She'd be half not really believing what okay. she's seeing, but on the other hand, just really almost emotional. And and Mel doesn't really get emotional, but I but I think she'd be emotional. Uh, I'm seeing Dad and Pop. I mean, that's a double whammy right there. Bessie, um, if I could if I could interject just with a quick question here, does Mel's disbelief stem from a place of? trauma or or literally like denial that any of this is actually happening or is it a combination it is a combination but largely like denial that it's happening because there's still a part of her that's like this doesn't make sense but also this is what i'm seeing like you know bad acid trip um not that mel's done acid or diana we haven't done drugs on Critically Stupid. We don't endorse drugs here. Unless you're a oh, child. <laughs> um, Bestie, you uh, see your father advance on you a step um, and flex his hand. Um, and when you look down at his hand, you see the familiar form of his trusty sword in his hand, the one that he he has led countless ranging ons and you've seen hanging above the mantle in, in your family home. Um, and he advances a step and raises it to bear on you and said, you should never have disobeyed me. Uh, I think I'd probably, I think I'd probably like step back and just like, like continue to step back and just start saying like, like, like apologizing um, because she, it's her dad right you know and, and there's there's trauma there and just being like a, you know i'm i'm really sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry um i didn't mean to upset you okay all right gareth oh yeah <clears throat> um what, what was the wheelbarrow wizard's name it was g g g g Geophilump. Now, hang on a second. I'm going to step above the table here. Gary, I know you are not going to slide into my dramatic ass scene with the name of Geophilump. <laughs> wait, wait what did you look at? What three things did you look at in the room? <laughs> oh, uh, so I, I want you to know that that is a completely blank wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much better. It is. I was thinking it was like a P tier Griffin thing, <laughs> like, a, like a Kevin Spacey from fucking yeah. Usual Suspects. You know that meme where the woman's like, and it's just all of the math equations. Yeah. After. That's so, so you're not like Geophilump. No, but no, it's, it's fucking canon now. I'm just mad. Now it has right. Geophilump the wheelbarrow wizard. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. 
slams down this uh this this path um or not this path but this this sort of like uh crack section of bowl coming down towards you um and you can hear his voice saying like you left me you left me um and then he extends a hand and you can actually see that one of his hands is the molten ashed out burnt remains of his he called it his stuff or his prizes if he was in a good mood but the stuff that he kept in his wearable in his in his way in his wheelbarrow um there is the the burnt ashed out remains of a book fused to his pinky and ring fingers and then there's like a little portion of like a snack that he kept for a rainy day on his middle finger and there is the sharpened hooked form of the one blade he kept in self-defense as his pointer finger and he reaches out to you uh, and he's going to try and slash at you with this sort of like and messed up hand what? situation um, yeah okay <clears throat> do I I don't know if that was the best time for a perception roll as much as I'd like to make one um let me roll first and then you can and then you can do your thing okay go ahead I only rolled a 10, so what's your thing? Uh, do I notice, aside from his fucked up hand, do I notice, like, burn marks on his body? Yes. Uh, his, there's a there's a patch at the at the nape of his throat, sort of, like, like crawling up the side of his head. Um, it does, it doesn't look like, this, this isn't, this isn't, some, like, a, like, a burnt-to-death victim or anything, like, super dramatic like that. Like, it's just, it's just a mild burn where, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a comedy show, guys. Let's not forget. Everything up to this point has been very funny. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah murder is but... always funny. Listen, uh, Gallo's humor is my brand. So that's, that's that is verbatim true. <laughs> um, All right, Garrett. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to see because, like, if the figure didn't have burn marks, I was going to have Garrett be like, "But he died in a fire, or was in one a little bit for a while." Uh, uh, so, like, if there's no burn marks, it's supposed to be fake. But he does have burn marks. So, I, I mean, think Gareth... died because of you. Gareth is going to, like, b- back away, like, hands up. Gareth is actually going to start reaching into his pockets and be like, listen, it was a it was a fight, a flight decision. I didn't mean... Listen, have my gold. This is all I have on me. I have... Uh, you have a spot at the bar if you want a job. Anything. Because, you know, for homeless vagabonds, I guess... 40% off. Everything. So, I'm offering... The equivalent of everything to us. <laughs> In, oh man! You get I free water that. at our bar for life. <laughs> you get free water. You don't even have to order anything. <sighs> All right, Cerulean. Um, you hear the sound very, very faint against the like that, like literally. It almost sounds like it's on this horizon of of ochre skies and red lightning. The sound of like tinkling gold coins. Very, very faint. Um, but this rock gnome's uh, mouth moves again um, and says, uh, ask your second question. I hope it won't be a deflection. I hope it won't be a smile. I hope you'll stay alive. Boris! Okay, Walmart Snape. Creep. Hey, first of all, I'm doing my fucking best over here. <laughs> and also, Snape didn't rhyme, so that insult didn't even and make also, sense. Also, J.K. Rowling is trash. J.K. Rowling sucks. Yes, she do. But Rick, but, but Rick was never trash. 
No, no, he was not. Okay. Um, so I need to ask another question. Correct. All five of them. Okay. <clears throat> um, to be fair, the rest of us are being traumatized. Yeah, we're busy. <laughs> it's true. All you got to do is come up with five questions. Okay, so I'm gonna say, who are you to this person talking? The the long fingers crawling over this figure's shoulders tighten and puncture into the into the shoulders, almost like into the chest of this rock gnome. Um, and this voice turns almost like slyly sibilant, almost like a snake whispering um, and says, two voices intertwine, two lives turn on a dime. You speak to voices multiple. Uh, uh, go ahead. Damn, look at that table, that shit foldable. Multiple. I hope you have a mug that will be holdable. <laughs> Words are quotable. Um, no, I'm going with holdable. That's I hope the, you that's have the... a mug that's holdable. Cerulean. Cerulean sorry, sorry. I, I haven't answered your actual question yet. Hang on. Um, no. Um, Who are you? Damn, I bet you wish you had some coffee right now. <laughs> Uh, okay, 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 okay. Um, As a wait, time out. As opposed to a not holdable mug. That's just a bowl. Um, Purple's not holdable. Uh, the one you seek is Delica, but my name C will take you far. But he doesn't say his name. Ooh, got hot under the collar there. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I panicked a little bit. I kept it pretty cool. Arnold. <laughs> no, we, we noticed. Right that around holdable. Cool. I kept that very chill. Um, yeah, that Arnold line. This, this creature uh, takes another step towards you. Um, and with this oof, <laughs> rushed exhalation crushing out of its chest, you actually see the, the panpipes punching into its lungs. Uh, expand almost like an organ unto themselves and this time when the air uh, uh, sort of like explodes out of them you can feel it press against your head like a vice um, as you take three uh, uh, points of damage god damn he's really angry with you Arnold nope. we don't maybe, have offer, maybe every... offer him like a ninja turtle band-aid and see if that'll fix his pipe lung issue every attack is framing the words you stole it you stole it you stole it I assume this is all psychic damage. One would assume. Nah, his okay. knee takes it. <laughs> Arnold, go ahead. Um, okay. Let me see. What do I have on me? Psychic so, damage different from... So I'm gonna die soon. No. Um, okay. So how many neck holes do I see that he has? Um, so like some of them are still shrouded by bits of, of raw ruinous flesh that you sort of like left by the, the explosion of your uh, shatter. Um, you can see eight punched into his, to one side of his chest, almost like, a, almost like exhaust pipes on a souped up car. Okay, just what on one side. has eight exhaust pipes, Bestie? A, a souped up one. Bestie, I'm weaving some magic here. Okay. Fantasy okay. cars. Hella exhaust parts. Oh. 
Weaving the magic. Let me see. Can I? listening online, I just love some magic. Let's see. Okay. Weaving. Can I shoot? No. Arnold, you can do whatever you want. I know, I know. I don't want to shoot. Like, so, don't, does don't he respond? so if, if I say anything to him, does he respond at all? Or is he just like this, this <clears throat> force that's he, coming at me no matter he what? Is, he is dogged in his intent. He's okay. Okay. I have a melee weapon. Okay. Can I, can I use my sword with one hand? Yes, of course. Okay. Um, I'd like to take my sword out. And since he's within reach of me, I'm going to take my four fingers and just jam them into the hole and try to stab him. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, metal oh, AF. my God. Yeah, that's so cool. Roll that attack. I didn't know Arnold had that in him. Where I'm saying. Been? Where but, the fuck is that been? Not... Mel's been killing everyone left and right. And but like, doesn't that doesn't that speak to like how rattled Arnold is by yeah. this person? Oh, yeah, this this guy is. everybody and welcome to another mid-roll it's me alexander james uh i'm so stoked that you're here thank you so much for tuning in to critically stupid season two um of our episodes legitimately as of november 18th which is when i'm recording this um this is my favorite episode to date uh these guys did an incredible job Everything that you heard in this episode was improvised. All of their backstory, all of the cool bits that we did back and forth with Cerulean and the rhyming uh, sort of statue and, and everything that we did was entirely improvised. And I'm so proud of all of these guys. I think they did an incredible job and I'm really, really excited for you to hear it. Per the Code Legal, we are playing Waterdeep Dragon Heist or our interpretation of it, uh, written by Chris Perkins, Michelle Carter, Scott Fitzgerald Gray, and Kim Mohan. Um, if you were any of your buds are listening and would like to get into uh, Dungeons and Dragons, I highly recommend you go to dnd.wizards.com. Check out all the great stuff there. They've got hats, they've got beanies, they've got hoods, basically any kind of headwear you you would need uh, to be considered a Dungeons and Dragons fan. Everybody knows that the D&D community, very, very gatekeeping when it comes to headwear. So get your properly branded headwear merch. You can tweet us at CritStupid to end up as a character in a future episode. Um, you've already met some of our community names in previous episodes, and you're going to meet a lot more. Uh, the arc we're about to get into has got a lot of uh, new characters incoming, and I need those names. So tweet us and let us know how you think we're doing, and I'll use your name uh, as, as one of those characters. We are trying something new for Season 2 going into Season 3. The creators of the show are all going to be sharing images uh, of branded content saying like you know listening to or like a new episode friday um if you see those images and you share them and you uh tag the show uh your name will go into the pool to be a featured listener and what that means is that in a mid-roll such as this one uh, i will display your handle and uh chat you up a little bit for being a uh, listener and also like i'll try to go to your profile and see what you're working on and see if i can do any kind of promotion for you uh, to the best of my ability, obviously. So uh, keep an eye out for those images. Share them if you can. It's a great little bit of, of promotion for you, promotion for the show. Everybody wins.
We're uh, doing a big YouTube subscription push, trying to get to that magical number of 1,000 subscribers so that we can get better equipment and uh, access to better recording software. Uh, if you haven't already, I would love it if you could subscribe, if you could recommend this show to a friend and have them subscribe. If you listen to us on Spotify or Apple uh, Podcasts or uh, any kind of other audio-only medium, if you could leave us a rating and a review, we would really, really appreciate it. Just anything that, that pushes up us up a little bit in those algorithms and gets us in front of new potential audience members like yourself who might love the show that's all i got thank you so much for listening to me ramble i hope you have a tremendous day and i love you bye i did terrible i only got so i got a 10 total 10 to hit okay um you you approach this figure sort of with the with the intent i think sort of just just instinctively primally to shut it up to stop this this incessant procession of accusations against you so you reach out to to cap the pipes literally to hold this person's neck um which you managed to do you managed to grab a, a piece of its neck however the sword that you had in your other hand which i think maybe you had like a vague plan to sort of like stab and push um you just don't have the experience or the maybe the guts to to literally stab another human so i think it just it just fumbles it just glances off but you are now within arm's reach and you have a section of this thing you got your fingers in his pipe hole <laughs> yes you're all title, up in the guts. Title of my autobiography. All right, best. <laughs> um, I'd read it. You, your father, uh, continues to advance towards you, um, brandishing the sword, and your apologies fall on empty footsteps as he advances past them. Um, so I think Mel is still pretty shook. I mean, also, I mean, to her, to her knowledge, her father wasn't even dead. She, she didn't know for sure, but so now she's shook on a few levels because, yeah. Um, kill her dead dad. What's that? I said she's going to have to kill her dead dad. Well, I, I just mean, she, I, she thought she, right? No, I mean, <laughs> to, to her knowledge, he's, he's alive. Um, <clears throat> So she's she's kind of dealing with the fact that he's he's not, and he also wants her dead. Um, but despite being shook, there's still enough of Mel. I think she probably would pull her pull out the the bow and be and, and just be like, please, please don't make me do this. Don't make me do this. I'm sorry. Don't make me do this. Okay. Um. The f- are you attacking him or are you holding your the action? figure is not the figure is not going to answer your sort of like i i imagine and please correct me if i'm wrong bessie but like mel pulling this arrow almost like almost like desperate for a response for any sort yeah. of like flicker of humanity or even recognition mm-hmm. in this figure's eyes but as you pull that arrow tight and as you raise that bow in a shaking <laughs> fist uh these eyes still stare through you just like they did when you were a little girl desperate for your dad to say anything nice about you. Damn. Okay. We don't need to get into like dynamics. Yeah, sorry. That <laughs> felt yeah, that felt a little strong and I do apologize. Like, that that, that, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my bad, Bessie. I'm sorry. Let's not get into um, Diana's issues. Um uh, comedy, right, gang? Right. Like this is uh, like I'm, I'm not I'm gonna have to call my fucking therapist after this. 
Um, she wouldn't want to, but out of desperation, she she'd probably shoot. Okay. Uh, roll that attack for me. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Jesus God, yes. Eat him. Roll that damage. Ten. Ten. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Fuck you, Dad. Yeah. No joke. Your arrow. slams into his shoulder so hard that it rocks him back a full step. Um, and for a, for a second, for a glorious split second, his, his accusations turn to like a shocked gasp and he is silent for, for just a space, just a breath, just long for long enough for you to like catch your breath at least. Do you think that'd work on my dad too? Shoot him and let's find out. Gary. That's what I'm saying. Um, this figure scrapes his wheelbarrow over your spilled coins that you uh, you pulled desperately from your pocket with like shaking, nerveless fingers. Um, and uh, unless you would like to do something, obviously, is, is going to take another swipe at you. So he completely ignored the money on the ground, right? Completely. And... Correct and stop me if this you know like breaks the immersion here, but that Gareth knows he is not real if he just completely ignored the money on the ground. Okay. Um. So Gareth gonna pick that money back up. Well, yeah. I'm curious as to what Gary's gonna do or Gareth is gonna do with this information. <laughs> Hopefully, so, not let it kill him. Um. And and the the money the the coins that I threw on the ground were like physically affected. Like when the wheel moved over them, like they moved. Ah, uh, now this is an incredible question because when you when you look to see, like I think there's a part of Gareth that, like, no matter how scared you are, there you're always going to be counting coins at some. Yeah, on I'm some my level. eyes on it. I'm throwing it on the ground and like. Okay, I just threw out seven dollars and fifty-eight cents. You know? <laughs> uh, but as you see this wheelbarrow scrape over it, almost like a magic trick, it wipes the rocks clean. So that there's no gold behind this creature. There is no coin on the ground. Okay, I think Gareth is going to let it swipe him. All right. I rolled a nat 20. Oh, God, of course you did. All right. And, and, then, I, and then I rolled a, a nine. Uh, so you're going to take nine points of damage as the hooked, the hooked knife, the shape of which you still remember as you held in your hand the nights where you held watch while this person slept. At least if you die, you're <clears throat> already in hell. Gary, what fucking, what, what fucking ridiculous, Jerophilump? Ger- 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 Thank you. Jerophilump. Um, Jerophilump, yes. The shape of which you still remember is you stood watch while Jerophilump slept just at your feet, uh, slashes across your face and actually cuts along your jaw, flaying your skin open to the bone. Do I get a cool scar? This sounds like a cool scar. Six, six scars. Uh, Cerulean, it is time to ask another question. Where is this stone? Specify. That everyone is looking for that glows. Bang! The fig, the fingers punched into this figure's shoulders sink all the way to the knuckle. And 
rising over its shoulder, you see a face start pulling itself up almost like a, almost like a backpack over its shoulder kind of thing. Um, and you see a pair of slanted yellow and green and red eyes uh, across narrow cheekbones and a mouth that spills over and wider than it has any right to packed full of teeth like syringe needles. Um, and it grins and licks its own teeth um, and says, I believe you. I'm on the edge of my feet. Dancing with the feet and fay and cavorting around beasts and prey and dances in the night. It feels like it's gonna go on a flight. It's going the rhymes are on point. Thanks. I'm Trump fucking blowing every brain cell I have on these. Like, in, in terms of like super vague, rhymy, unhelpful shit, you're nailing it. <laughs> uh, Arnold. That's not an answer. At this point, you and I are sort of like you and I are sort of like trading blows. This figure is going to try and attack you again. I'm sorry to sort of reduce this narrative to combat, but that's kind of where we are. Um, So this figure is going to. um, So you are within like arms reach of each other, so it is going to reach up and snag your throat in its fist um, and and try to choke you. Going to shove its fingers in your holes. Yeah. But it only rolled a seven. So it, it grabs like a section of your neck and actually like its other fists or other hands sort of like cracks and you're suddenly just like holding each other shoulder to shoulder. Um, okay. And its eyes burn into you and almost now this close and this far into this fight, its voice almost turns desperate and pitches upwards. And now it almost sounds like you, you st- Stole it. You stole it. Okay. Obviously, we're fighting, and I can't just have conversations with this thing. Um, So, regardless of its desperation, I'm going to continue with my fingers in its throat, you know, neck holes. Okay. Um, And I'm going to... I'm going to have like a moment as Arnold with it, with this uh, character yeah, where yeah. I'm, I basically uh, Arnold, Arnold would kind of break as this is happening and just sort of say, I was hoping we'd reconnect one day. You were the last, the last person survive our, from our village. Everyone else is gone. And now you're gone. Lore drop. Yeah. Shit. Okay. All right. All right. Hit me, hit me with the attack, Arnold. Um, so you have to roll. I'm going to do, I'm just going to cast shatter again uh because okay. I'm, I'm in it and you said yeah. constitution 13 i rolled a fucking two <laughs> yes i rolled an 18 for damage <laughs> holy shit okay <clears throat> so um you're... are any of us within 10 feet of him no. I, I, okay okay he it's also a sphere so he can actually pitch it so that it's like mostly behind yeah. this creature so you're fine um so your your fist closes over this creature's throat and you finally, finally hear this like turning desperate accusation of you stole it, you stole it. You hear it cease um, as you say, like you were the last. Um, and then the spell explodes from your fist and you feel the last air gasp out of this creature's lungs until you look and you're just supporting an empty frame of rock and pipe and there is no 
face or or semblance of humanity left. Wow. Hi. Bestie. Can I keep the pipe? Finders keepers. Golly. Um, like Can we just keep of? the windpipe of the person I murdered? Arnold, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what I'll say. The bits of, so like this, when I say the semblance of humanity has left, like I literally mean like you are now holding a, a chunk of rock that doesn't even look like a human anymore. Um, but I will say like the section of rock that you are holding does have a, a faint shaping of pipe carved into it, almost like a fossil. Okay. And that's all I'll give you for now. Okay. Bestie, uh, you see your father sort of like rock back from this arrow strike, and for a second, his eyes narrow at you, and a snarl of of downright dislikability crawls across his face. That's and for true. for just a second, the edge of that sword turns not to you, but to the pup held in his hand. You son of a bitch. Now, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'm going to pause right here. Fans of Critically Stupid, welcome. My name is Alex. I am a human being. Um, I will not be harming an animal in this episode of this show. So, like, It's not like Carl did squattles. It's not like squattles. I'm probably going to cut out squattles, so you have no idea who I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) But uh, I just want to, like, say that at the the top, no animals. I'm not about that life. So... Um, Bestie, you see this pup's eyes open, um, and it is a pale spectral green, almost like the distant flash of St. Elmo's fire. Um, and it kicks its little arms, um, and almost sort of like wriggles towards you. Real quick, I just want you to, I want to point out that you're like, uh, I don't, we're not going to kill animals. We're not going to harm animals. This is a positive show. Anyway, the dog opens his eyes and starts wriggling in fear and starts crying. No, 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 no. I didn't say fear. You said fear. I know. It's how I'm interpreting it. Fair enough. Truth is also, perspective. St. Elmo? St. Elmo's fire. Yeah, you know, the puppet. Yeah. No, I, what? You say St. Elmo's and I think <laughs> like the, the. Okay, so. Like the puppet. St. Elmo's fire is a phenomenon known mostly by sailors. Sailors at sea where like as the last touches of light or sun fade against the horizon at sea, there's a flash of distant green light. It's, you can look it up. Like I didn't, I didn't look it up. I'm aware. It's a thing. Um, I like my version better. You see your father, um, his lips like Bread in a snarling sneer um, and he takes a step forward but it's not his sword he extends to hit you, it's the pup in his hand um, and he extends it towards you and says, if you think you can take care of it then you will be your own failure and he holds it over in front of you uh, almost like a, almost like half an offering and half a demand I mean I'm taking that fucking puppy okay um, he drops it, he drops it in your hand and it feels heavy. I will say like in the moment, it feels heavier than a puppy should. I mean, let's not body shame the puppy. When you said steps forward, but instead of his sword, he steps forward with the dog. I thought he was about to beat Diana with the dog. <laughs> like, I, I just said, we're not going to harm the dog. Yeah, the like, 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 we the are going to harm Diana just a little more. I, no, I legit was like ready for a puppy to the face. No, absolutely not. Um, you wouldn't get a guy with glasses, would you? All right, Bestie, you, you have a, something in your hands, and actually it's going to affect your ability to take a shot on your next turn should you choose to do so. Uh, Gareth, uh, this 
Jephalum? Jephalum. has just flayed your jaw to the bone. Um, and actually, like, continues to walk towards you, scraping his wheelbarrow behind him. Um, but as he does so, Gareth, you see just a flash, just a flicker of red horizon through him. Okay. Um, how, how recently was this attack? Because I had a vision in mind, but I don't know if it'll go go well. Tell me, tell me your vision first, dude. I'm here to make uh, I'm here to make y'all's story come true. Well, as per my level up into the thief archetype a little bit, I get a, a bonus sleight of hand action. Okay. I was wondering if I could throw that in there to like after he swipes me, if I could like grab the wrist to immobilize his stabby hand. Hell yeah! Give me a sleight of hand check as a as a bonus action. We'll sort of okay. retcon this into your last turn. Um, okay. Yeah. I, Cause sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, is it just the normal modifier or anything different? Cause it's a bonus action. Um, it should just be the normal modifier. Right. You can pull it like in 11 plus seven is 18. Okay. Um, after he sort of claws your face open, you make a grab for this hand, this mutilated hand of like his prizes. Mm -hmm. Um, and you clasp it fast. But there's a there's an almost desynchronous realization when you when you look at what you're holding in your hand because what you're looking at is a hand of melted books and and snacks and knives and whatever. But what you feel and what you know you feel is a section of cold rock that is fractious and and multifaceted in a way that the book and the knife and the snack are not. Okay. Um, is. So when you said uh, the gold behind the moving wheelbarrow like disappeared, can I like, is there a way for me to see what's behind him? If that makes sense, look at his back almost. Because if it's something to do with him moving forward, because all three of these people are continuously moving forward towards us. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, I, I'll give this one to you as a free action. You, you don't necessarily have to roll. Um, yeah. You you notice that like this wheelbarrow has been slamming against the rock and continually sending like chips of stone flying or whatever. But as you look back, all you see is a blank rock face. You don't see any pieces of rock where this wheelbarrow has struck. You don't see any broken sections of rock where it's slammed down as he said, you left me. Um it's almost as if, like, with every step this guy walks towards you, he he wipes a step behind him clean. Um, what, what I want to do is just manifest really hard that I know for a fact this is just a statue of something. And, like, if I believe it, then it has nothing to go off of my fear. You know what I mean? Because I'm thinking if it's some sort of, like, reaching into my mind i'm like well if i know you rock then what am i afraid of but how the fuck do i roll for that well how do uh, let's instead of relying on dice how do you gareth manifest that as a character like how do you how do you in the narrative how do you make that a reality um i think still holding on to its wrist and it's still moaning you left me right right i think direct eye contact i go i didn't leave a statue to burn 
capital A S. Cerulean. This uh, wide grinned figure fully pulls itself over the form of this rock gnome. Um, and in a in a in a burst of cracked and shearing stone, a pair of uh, bat wings explodes five, seven feet in either direction oh, of yeah, it. Dude. Um, and you hear that chuckle, that deep, deep chuckle even hearing cease like it was cut with scissors. And its eyes, for the first time since you've stepped foot in this sort of like whatever scenario you guys are in, turn off you and look over your shoulder. At Garion? Or crap. At Gareth? At where you, at where Gareth has been standing frozen for the last four minutes or so. Um, and it snarls. Wait, so I haven't been able to see them move? I don't think so. Because you've turned to like talk to them and they didn't respond to you. So that I, so I don't know if you would also notice them interacting with their own scenario. Well, to I be fair, like I, it, I would it, have it, heard Diana but... draw a bow. I would have heard. So can I not hear their voices? I think similarly to similarly to when Gareth pulled copper out of his pocket and you and heard the tingling of, of coin. I think you've heard vestiges of everybody's interaction, almost like almost like pieces of song on a breeze that are just moving past you. So like you might've heard the hiss of, of Mel's arrow fly through the air. You might've heard the, the crushing of rock as Arnold casts shatter very effectively twice in a row, which fucking get it, Arnold. Um, but like, so you might've heard hints, but I don't know that you would have heard the whole... Kick, like, like, can she see us? Like, oh, not, not. Like, because like, I, I like feel Gareth's like I would have known. His jaws exposed and shit. Does she <clears throat> notice this? If she turns around, then Gareth, Gareth is Gareth is stood frozen, and I do his, not see his face anything. sort of untouched. If she turns around, Diana is stood. Or I'm sorry, Mel is stood sort of wherever Mel was standing when the room split apart. If she turns around, Arnold is staring at the horizon like he's, you know, unblinking. I got you. Okay. So, so this figure looks like they're in a trance. Exactly. Um, so this figure turns to you or, or hisses over your shoulder at where Gareth is standing um, and then turns to you and says, the game draws nigh, the winds whip high. One more question and I will say goodbye. Two more questions. I've been keeping track. I've asked three. Question. No, not two, but one. You've had your fun. I changed the rules. The games will spools out like pieces of thread. Yeah, dude. For sure, man. Fuck save, yeah. save that one at the very end. Of the very <laughs> and you changed the rules of a spell scroll? <laughs> or maybe I can kill him off and ask Dalakar. Um, Cerulean balls in your court. Do I know, does Cerulean know with the rules of the spell scroll mm -hmm. I touched the rock gnome I assume mm -hmm. Dalakar um, so technically would I not have to be asking him the question and so could I off this guy and ask Dalakar the last question to get my fifth question back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this back under the table. Um, give me an Arcana check. Let's see how much you know about spell scrolls and their rigidity of rules. 
Rigidity. Nice. Okay, so that's a natural 19, and you said Arcana, which is a plus three, so it's 22. Okay. Um, spell scrolls are very specific to the being or entity that you cast them on. And the rules of said scrolls are not changed on a whim, no matter the, the power of the entity that wants to change them. Okay, okay. So I know I have a fifth question. Okay, okay, okay. Why does everyone want the stone? Held in a vault deep beneath the city. A young man waits on an old man's pity. Wealth flows like a river. In the winter, thou will shiver. Wealth flows like a river? Wealth flows like a river. And in the winter, thou will shiver. I feel like there's got to be some of like, is there like a royal family in deep water or water deep? Water deep. Because That's a rather. Because he said the Lord of Waterdeep when I asked. Lord where. of Waterdeep and also a young man waiting for an old man's pity could be like an heir to the throne of sorts. Right. So sort of above table, I'll give you a little bit of backstory about the, the rulers of Waterdeep. So Waterdeep is There's ruled by... Boards, right? Waterdeep is ruled by a, uh, a closed council, otherwise known as like a, a council of um, nobles whose faces are not known publicly. They are ruled by the open lord of Waterdeep, or this is the only member of this ruling class whose face is known to people. So he's like the spokesperson for the spokesperson the... for this council and also the leader of this council. The, the, the privilege of being the open lord of Waterdeep is like because your face is made public, you also get the power of leading the council. Everybody else gets to be sort of like veiled and, you know, mysterious, protected. Exactly. The Illuminati. Yes. very close and honestly i didn't even invent the, that one's in the book like i didn't come up with that one yeah okay um Katie, since we're at that we're at, since we're at the close of sort of everybody's storyline here let's just go ahead and do your your last question so that we can sort of uh crescendo the, sh the scene together why does it sorry i'm i didn't i was writing down your answer before i finished writing down my question you prefer ships ahoy or Oreo? I can I ask above table if the identity of this being is even important? If you want to answer any question? The the being sort of like wrapped around this. Yeah. Um, it's important flavor-wise to sort of like the 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 vibes of the scene. It is not important quest-wise. Okay. I want to know about Rainier Never Ember because he continues to pull strings. Okay. That I feel like because like he held he holds a he held a ball at the the house of whatever the hands by hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and he just seems to keep on popping up in a bunch of places, and I feel like I don't know if I can trust him. Like Cerulean does not think she can trust Rainier Never Ember. He's too cool and and charming to. Cerulean's going to look at this creature and say, what is Rainier Never Ember's end game? This creature uh, crawling over this gnome, and you can actually see its figures start to like fully pull up over this gnome's body. You see a pair of like 
tautly muscled shoulders and like lizard skin built from stone. Um, you see a scaled and spiked back behind these wings and like what appears to be like a clawed and forked tail uh, crawl up from the stone um, starts beating its wings. And with every beat of its wings, a huge like plume of dust and rock like flies towards you and you and you have to like close your eyes to sort of like see through it and you push your hands in front of you to like protect against this blast. Um, Arnold and Mel and Gareth, all of your scenes uh, start to sort of like peel and, and float away as an invisible, almost hurricane builds behind you and blows it, blows it all away. Um, turning Mel, turning your father into bits of like rock and dust and, and Flint and Gareth turning, uh, tell me his name again. <laughs> turning Geophilump <laughs> into what you suspected to be true as a, nothing more than a pile of loose rock and scree. Um, and, and Arnold finishing what your closing blast of shatter did to, to, um, Jeremoth? Jeremoth. Mm-hmm. Um as as this hurricane wind blows behind you. Um and Cerulean, you hear this voice echo through the dust and the wind and the rock shards and say, And a young man waits on an old man's pity. An heir to the throne clutches the city. Um, and with a grinding of rock and and screeching of metal, uh, you all are forced backwards step by step by step. And you close your eyes as this wind and rock gets too, too difficult to look at. <clears throat> and the next time you open your eyes, you are standing in the morgue in Waterdeep. The walls are sealed around you. Um, and Gareth's coins are on the floor. <laughs> No, the first thing Gareth does is like tap his pockets to make sure his like wallet is there. Well, it, what's funny, Gareth, is you tap your pockets, uh, but you tap them with a curious curved knife that you are holding in one hand, the handle of which is a very familiar sort of like worn ashwood with a hole in it. Yeah. Um, Arnold, you're holding a section of uh, rock and twisted pipe that almost looks like an instrument of some kind. Um Cerulean, you just got a bunch of information. I'm sorry. You don't have any like cool shit. You got a cool dog. And Mel, you hear a tiny whimpering sound. And you look in your hands to see a tiny black furred wolf pup open its eyes at you with spectral green irises as it licks your hand. Hell yeah. That is so cool. 